The transfer portal officially opened on Monday, and Tennessee had some movement. We'll track all that. Plus, who were the balls in on via the transfer portal? That your questions all on a Twitter Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Balls. I am your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here and appreciate Game Time for being a proud sponsor of the show. You can download that Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Shout out to everydayers for subscribing to Locked On Balls on the YouTube channel and for making this your first listen each and every day. And uh, it's your day today. We'll get to your questions in segments two and three. I'm uh, going to go over some transfer portal activity here from day one, which was Monday of the transfer portal. Again, not a not a huge busy day. I, I still expect some players to, to jump in the transfer portal as the week goes on and, and as the weeks goes on. And, and of course, if you remember last year, there were some players who stayed, um, you know, elected to be a part of the team in the bowl process. And then after the uh, after the bowl was uh, played last year, the Orange Bowl, a couple of other players went ahead and jumped in the uh, transfer portal. So we'll see exactly kind of the timing of all this. But really so far, and again, I want to say this at the top, things are happening by the minutes. Um, you know, coaching carousel, you've got transfer portal open, COVID seniors making decisions. So things happen a lot of the times, and uh, there's a very real chance that things can happen after the recording of this podcast. I'm going to do my best. If it's big-time breaking news, I'll try to jump on and, and do a little bit of a bonus episode so that uh, you can have it you know, for your next morning commute. Uh, but uh, again, things are happening all the time. So if there's big time breaking news and, and I'm not mentioning it on this episode, I encourage you to go look at some of the episodes on YouTube or uh, wherever you listen to your podcast kind of around this one. And maybe I did a bonus episode, but nonetheless, a lot of things happening at one time. And so I expect more players to, to enter the portal as the week goes on. But right now, at the time of this recording, really Tennessee's only had four players that have entered the portal. And, and two of those players announced last week their intentions to enter the portal and really, it's just been one position group that's kind of been attacked so far. And if you're going to get one position group that's you're losing players to in the portal, it's probably good that it's the defensive backfield because you have so many bodies. Sure, the the production needs to be better. Don't get me wrong, but you do have a lot of bodies back there. So, you know, Warren Burrell, who was a three year starter for this team essentially, um, had the injury game two last year to Pittsburgh, missed the rest of the year, came back this year and was a uh, a reserve at cornerback, played a little bit, but uh, primarily made a, a lot of headway on special teams. Um, he's entering the transfer portal as a graduate transfer and uh, going to just go and try to find an opportunity to play his final year of eligibility. You certainly wish you know Warren Burrell the best of luck and, and hope that he can go find a place and play a whole lot of football uh, because he started <laughs> uh, games as a freshman and as a sophomore and a couple as a junior. And then, of course, um, you know, spent time here this last season as well, you know, coming back from injury. So Warren Burrell was one of those, and he mentioned that he was, you know, entering the portal last week. Uh, Mo Clipper also enter, uh, mentioned that he was going to enter the uh, the transfer portal um, over the weekend, or maybe it was tail end of last week. This one's an offensive lineman. I'll get back to the defensive backfield here in a second. But you know, Mo Clipper's just one of those guys that we, we just don't know, right? Because the staff does not play young offensive linemen. The staff, this is one position group where you've got bodies, but you don't know what you have because unlike defensive line, unlike linebacker and, and, and Ricky Gibson in the secondary, you know, even 
you saw what you had a little bit in Cam Seldon and blowouts, and and um, you didn't see many freshmen play wide receiver, but you saw no freshman pr- practically play at all on the offensive line. And and Mo Clipper's not a freshman; he's a redshirt freshman. He was a part of the class of twenty two recruiting, um, but you just have no clue what you have in him. I mean, he's buried at the depth chart. Uh, behind a lot of other guys, and and he announced that he was going to enter the transfer portal, six foot five, three hundred eight pounds, and he was a um, I think he was a four star out of high school, but he's going to go look for another opportunity. So again, that's not a shock. Mo Clipper's not a shock. Warren Burrell's not a shock so far. Brandon Turnage is interesting. He started his career at Alabama, transferred to Tennessee prior to the twenty twenty one season, was a reserve, made one start as he's the defensive player of the week, playing the star position against Missouri. And um, and then went back to a reserve role, kind of jumped in and was a part of the cornerback equation in 2022, and did a lot of good things at times, and and then played a little bit sparingly as a reserve cornerback this year. Another one of those guys that has one year of eligibility remaining, and he's a veteran. He's been around the block a time or two, and you, you wish that he could go and find success and playing time somewhere else. So, you know, there's that one, and then there's Jack Luttrell. Um, he appeared in, I think. Let's see here. I think he appeared in two games this year, maybe three games. Uh, he was going to be a red shirt. Didn't play any snaps defensively. So I think his appearances might have been on special teams. But nonetheless, you have no clue what you have in Jack Luttrell. He was a true freshman this year, and he entered the transfer portal Monday morning when it opened. As a Carson Newman alum and Carson Newman fan, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see over my right shoulder, I got that Carson Newman helmet. Jack Luttrell's father played at Carson Newman. I think his mom went there. I'm not sure. His brother's there right now. Would love for Jack Luttrell just to you know go about 30 minutes north of here to Jefferson City and play for the Eagles. That's a Division II program. I'm sure he'll be. He's a Division One athlete. He'll 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 find a spot somewhere else. But it's kind of unfortunate because you just don't know what you have in Jack Luttrell, one of those young guys, but ultimately opts to uh, enter the transfer portal. So none of these guys really are shocking whatsoever. And I think that. If we think about it, we can think about some other. If we think about it, we can think of some other, um, you know, players who were in similar boats, who are buried on the depth charts, and have guys kind of blocking their progression that we could see maybe jump to the transfer portal in the coming days. So, you know, we'll see. Again, at the time of this recording, and things are going to happen after I record. Uh, four players have entered the transfer portal for Tennessee. What about some, <clears throat> excuse me, some targets via the transfer portal? Well, Tennessee's handed out some offers so far, and. You know, is we're trying to keep track of that over at VolQuest.com on who Tennessee's offered. Marley Cook is a defensive lineman from Middle Tennessee State University, really, really productive. Um, he's, you know, Tennessee's one of many teams who have offered Marley Cook. Um, Remington Strickland is from Texas A&M. He's an offensive lineman. And remember, some of these guys who had coaching changes could enter the portal immediately, and those two guys did as well. But Remington Strickland's a guy that has SEC experience. He was a part of the 21 recruiting class. Um He's played in a number of games, and so Tennessee's, you know, handed out an offer to him. Justin Jolie is a guy that a lot of people listening and watching right now are very familiar with. If not, he was the tight end from UConn that torched Tennessee's defense for like 87 yards on eight receptions back in November. A multi-year in terms of uh, eligibility. He'll have two seasons of of eligibility. Um, This past year, he caught 56 catches, 578 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, caught 18 passes, 250 yards, and two touchdowns as a freshman in 2022. Um, really, really versatile tight end. I mean, I remember sitting up there in that booth, and again, I think I've said this on this podcast before, you know, we make the jokes in those midweek baseball games in like February uh, when Tennessee's playing Alabama A&M or, you know, Tennessee Tech or whoever. 
uh, like a lower level school and a guy's going off. It's like, oh, okay, well, you're going to go get him in the transfer portal, right? That's kind of the feeling with Justin Jolie and that that UConn matchup for homecoming this past November. It's like, oh, that guy's a player. He will not be playing for UConn next year. Would love to see him here because there's that need at tight end where you want to you got Jonathan Eccles in the uh, the class coming in. You've got Ethan Davis on the roster. You've got Emmanuel Koye. But you need numbers. You need bodies. And I think Justin Jolie would be such a great fit here at Tennessee. So Tennessee's offered him. Um, we, we have learned via Matt Ray uh, over at VolQuest.com that Justin Jolie is uh, going to be taking an official visit to Tennessee this weekend. So that's one to watch for sure. Um, I don't think Tennessee's offered him yet, but I have seen, I have heard that a uh, another tight end is one that Tennessee's interested in looking at. Holden stays, I believe is how you say his name. He was uh, kind of a part-time reserve tight end for Notre Dame this past year. So again, um, you know, maybe that's a name that they can come into circulation as time goes on. But Tennessee, tight end, top priority, offensive tackles priority. You take a defensive lineman. I think you take a defensive backs if you can. But the, uh, the transfer portal is officially open, and uh, we'll see some more names kind of trickle in there as the uh, as the week goes on. But so far, time this recording, four players, four Tennessee's into the portal. Would expect some more. And, of course, you know Tennessee and other schools are offering transfer portal targets by the minute right now, and um, we'll, we'll keep track of it all right here at uh, Locked On Balls. We'll get into your mailbag questions here in just a moment, but do want to take a time, do want to take some time and, and talk about game time. Uh, you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is fast. It's an easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater theater events near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and the best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You know the holiday season is here. Maybe you want to buy some tickets for that big basketball matchup at Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center coming up in, in, in the first of the year, right? Uh, maybe you want to buy some baseball tickets for the Vols at, at uh, Lindsey Nelson this spring. You can do all that at game time, and they've got some great deals for you. Lowest price guarantee. They have event cancellation protection and job loss protections as well. And if you go to game time right now, and if you go to GameTime.com or if you download the app, you can create an account, use the promo code Locked On College, and you're going to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code Locked On College, L O C K E D O N C O L L E G, Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, guys, welcome back into your Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here. Making Lockdown Balls your first listen. Uh, you everydayers, time uh, to take over the show. Answer some of those mailbag questions. Appreciate you guys for sending in mailbag questions each and every day. But <laughs> I do want to quickly revisit. I gave my stance on the on the, the whole playoff thing. I'm not going to go on there and talk about it even more today. But on yesterday's show, I gave my stance on, on the 14th pick for the college football playoffs, on, on Florida State being left out. And I said from the top, like, hey, I'm probably in the minority here. I'm going to upset some people. It is what it is. Um, but I always find it funny when I get some comments uh, from my stance on who I thought should be in the college football playoff. In the comment sections, I've been called um, pompous, arrogant, in need of a head exam. I had numerous people say they completely disagree, which, again, all this is fine. It's just my opinion, and everybody has their own opinion. Um, so, yeah, I just I thought I thought I'd collect some of the, the best insults and, uh, and and bring it on here. Listen, I learned a long time ago that you're not going to please everybody by doing radio, but I thought those were funny. So job well done on the comments, guys. Um, let's do get to uh, your questions. We'll start with Willie the Kid. 
Do you think a major key to victory in the uh, in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa is how our offensive line plays versus Iowa's defensive front? Or what do you think the key to victory is? And on a side note, I hope you uh, are going to have fun in Orlando in the warm weather. Do you have any plans to do anything fun down there um, in your downtime leading up to the game? So I went to – I flew into Orlando, um, and we stayed in Ocala before the Florida game. And we were there pretty much a day and a half before the game, just how flights worked. And when I was coming back, ironically, it's the first time I thought of it. When I was coming back, I'm a huge nerd, huge nerd. Love Star Wars. And here recently, you know, since COVID, when I had COVID one week and I binge watched all the movies. And since then, I've read all the books. 30 years old, I like Harry Potter now. Never liked it growing up. <laughs> but uh, but bottom line, I'm a huge nerd, huge nerd. Um, and so I would love one day to go and, and see the Star Wars attractions at, um, at Disney World. I would love to go to, I think it's Universal that has Harry Potter. And then, of course, now as an adult, I'd like to go to Epcot and, and just kind of walk around and, and learn and, and, you know, taste all the drinks and food from all the different, like, countries and everything. So, again, I, I don't know if I'll get the opportunity. I'm going to be down there for a couple of days. We'll be covering press conferences and practice and all that. If given the opportunity, I might go by and just kind of check all that out. But uh, uh, I am a nerd, so those are some of the things that I want to do eventually. We'll see if I get to do it down there in Orlando this trip. Uh, but to your question... Um, yeah, man, I, I put out the over VolQuest.com, I put out my first glance in, in terms of just breaking down who Iowa is. In a nutshell, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. One of the best defenses in the country, top 10, top 5 in a number of categories, but in total defense, scoring defense, rush defense, pass defense, really, really good. Um, completely flip the script and turn it 180, and that's how bad Iowa is on offense. I mean, it is dead last in the country out of 130 FBS programs in total offense. It ranks 127th in passing offense, 127th in scoring offense. I mean, it's really bad. So, sure, the defense is going to create some issues for Tennessee. Um, but Tennessee's not going to have to win not going to have to win this game in a shootout. I mean, over at FanDuel, the total right now is at 36 and a half. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious, right? So, I think for Tennessee, you know, tempo, tempo, tempo. As good as this defense is, this defense has not seen speed like it's about to see, and this defense has not seen tempo at all and so if you utilize that tempo to, to to your advantage and you keep the the pedal to the metal i think that uh tennessee is going to be just fine in terms of in terms of a matchup uh in this football game so i think tempo is going to be the key key issue offensive line certainly gonna have to play well because that front for iowa really really good across the board i mean both defensive ends have you know three and a half sacks five and a half sacks there's a linebacker that has like four and a half sacks i mean they're really really good so the offensive line is certainly going to have to play well, but I think tempo, tempo, tempo is going to be the key. Uh, let's go to Vol and Arky. Twitter Tuesday question. Heard a rumor that Saban is going to retire at the end of the season. If Bama wins it all, will Saban retire while he is on top? As a Tennessee fan, I am beyond ready for him to retire. <laughs> As not only a Tennessee fan, an SEC, an SEC fan, if you're not a fan of Alabama, it's a college football plan, a college football fan. Um, yeah, everybody's ready to see Nick Saban retire. <laughs> um, I've not heard that. Um, again, there's a lot of more people that are, you know, dialed into to what's going on in Tuscaloosa than me. That's for sure. I haven't heard that. It feels like he still loves coaching and it feels like he's still being allowed to coach by Miss Terry. Um, he's under contract through age 77 and I believe that would be 2029 for him. So, um, I don't know, but you're right. I mean, if you win at all, why not go out on top when you're out on top? So we'll see. But to answer your question, I have not heard that, but I'm with you, man. Every Tennessee fan is ready for uh, Nick Saban to retire. Let's go to Braden here. 
predict Nico's overall in the new NCAA game. In the theor theoretical world, Dylan Sampson transfers. Who would be RB2 behind Cam Selden? Oh, man. All right, let's uh, let's attack your last question first. Um, again, I don't think Dylan Sampson is going to transfer. I know there were some rumors out there and everything. It's just kind of the the world we live in with name, image, and likeness. If, if Tennessee caught a hint that Dylan Sampson was going to transfer, if Tennessee felt like they were about to lose Dylan Sampson, I feel like Tennessee would do anything and everything in their power to keep Jabari Small on campus. That's just my opinion. Um, right now, you feel like Jalen Rod's going to move on to the NFL and Jabari Small is going to move on, and Dylan Sampson will be RB1 and then Cam Selden RB1B. Um, but that's a really good question. That's something you don't want to be in. A really, really good rushing tack, losing all three of its running backs, that would not be great. To answer your question, um, you'd have to go portal. You got to go to the portal in that situation. You're bringing in a talented back that, that you like. Um, you got Khalifa Keith on campus already. Um, Cam Selwyn would be the obvious choice, but I would say you got to go to the portal if that were to be the case, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, Nico's overall grade, man. I haven't played video games in forever, but I remember playing NC Dubs and seeing the overalls, and I remember playing Madden and seeing the overalls and everything. I bet Nico would be somewhere in the 80s. Um, again, is has not been a starting quarterback yet, so a lot of his overall grade would be on anticipation, but you never want to like have a guy that's brand new be like a 95. So I'd say probably around 85, 86, maybe, maybe upper 80s, uh, just because he was the number one overall recruit. So uh, we'll see. That's that's a really, really good question. Let's go to Jamie. Do you think you offer Nolan, uh, Nolan um, Walter Nolan, do you think you offer Walter Nolan, and what do you think our chances of landing the UConn tight end are? Again, yeah, I talked about Justin Jolie a moment ago. He'll be on campus for an official visit this weekend. You know, we'll see how that visit goes. I mean, if Tennessee can you know, do really well in that visit, I'm sure they try to lock him down before he goes anywhere else. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Walter Nolan, yeah, we'll see. He went to Powell High School as a senior, won a state championship. We know that Tennessee was very much in on his recruitments. I think there's a better chance of Walter Nolan returning to College Station than him going somewhere else. That's just my opinion. Um, I'm sure if he's legit in the portal and legit looking around, um, you know, we'll see if he reaches out to Tennessee and we'll see kind of if uh, that thought process is reciprocated. But right now, I would say it's it, it's not it's not really uh, you know high up on the on the list in my opinion. And let's go to, we'll do one more here before we hit the reset. Let's go to Andrew. Andrew says, how come we never hear you guys talk about Okoye as a scholarship tight end? Heard he was freaky athletic. Yeah, it's Emmanuel Okoye. I think the big thing for him is, I mean, he literally he came from uh, the NFL Academy in London. Um, he is brand new to football. And he played one year, I believe, at the NFL Academy. And, and remember, they're playing on soccer fields. I mean, the, the hash marks aren't even legit. Uh, coming over here, truly just learning the game. I mean, he's an athlete. He's a basketball player. That's where um, Omanora found him, the you know, former Giants edge rusher. Uh, OC you know, found him, and he was on the basketball court. He's an athlete. He is tall. He's long. He's super athletic. But still just learning the game of football, just the basics, and then learning this offense, and then learning everything that a tight end is responsible for in this offense. So, I think he's got a little ways to go. That doesn't mean he's not freakishly athletic, because I think he is. Um, but I, I think he's still got a little ways to go in terms of helping this football team. Uh, that is uh, my opinion, of course. We'll come back. We'll get more of your questions here on the other side. But first, I want to remind you guys about our friends. That is LinkedIn Jobs. 
When you're hiring for small businesses, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within the first 24 hours over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many different hats to begin with, and you might not have time or the resources to make that right hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Even just launched a new feature that helps you to write job descriptions out there, making the process even quicker and, of course, easier for you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, guys, we'll jump back into your questions here on Twitter Tuesday, X Tuesday. I guess I really need to make that official now because it's not Twitter, it's X. Uh, anyway, it's when you everydayers get to take over the show. Let's hear from Aaron. Based on what we know about the running backs at the moment, who do you think will be RB1 next season? If Wright leaves for the NFL, Samson's proven. Selden's seen a little. Bishop's got a whole lot of hype. Yeah, I talked about this a moment ago. If Jabari Small moves on, Jalen, Jalen Wright goes to the NFL, it would be Dylan Sampson and Cam Selden. And I know the coaching staff is super pumped up about those two. They love Cam Selden, and they obviously like Dylan Sampson a lot. So that'd be kind of the... Uh, the plan. And if for some reason Dylan Sampson was not on this roster, in my opinion, Cam Selden, and, and you got to go Portland. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Let's go to Scott. Scott says, early thoughts on secondary death now with Turnage, Burrell, and Luttrell entering the portal. Yeah, my question would be, what does Danico Slaughter and what does Gabe Judy Lolly decide to do? Those are two guys who have another year of eligibility and could have liked to return to play again. Does, if Danico Slaughter exercises that COVID year, is he even a cornerback? Is he playing safety? Is he playing star? You know, we'll see. Um, I like Ricky Gibson a lot. Ricky Gibson needs to be a starting cornerback, in my opinion, next year. I like Gabe Judy Lolly a lot. I would bring him back, and I would start him at corner. Um, I would also, you know, be pushing Christian Conner and Jordan Matthews a ton during bowl season and, and let them play and be a part of that rotation next year. Uh, that's what I would kind of, and of course, that's if Danico Slaughter were to play another position. So, you know, we'll see. I like Gabe, Gabe Judy Lolly. Um, I think that they would bring back Danico Slaughter. Danico Slaughter didn't go through senior day, so that would, um, you know, that would kind of kind of have the anticipation that he's returning. So, we'll see what happens. Um, again, Turnage and Burrell were great to have on your roster. Um, experienced veterans have been in this league. But at what point to having those guys, and we, we talk about this on the VolQuest podcast today too, at what point does that stunt your growth behind you? You know, coaches love to have options. They want everybody. They want to have all these options. But when you have all these options, you know, guys like Jordan Matthews who needs reps, Christian Conner, Ricky Gibson, you know, they're not getting those reps. So, um, yeah, your depth takes a hit, but it's not the end of the world in my opinion. And then again, in Luttrell, you just don't know what you had in him. And it's kind of unfortunate because you didn't see him, see him play at all. And, of course, he was a safety. Uh, let's go on now to Noah. Chances Joe decides to sit out, and if he does, does that help or hurt our offensive struggles? Or maybe better phrase, does it make you feel better that we can move the ball through the air, or does it add concern? Um, against Iowa's defense, I would say it probably adds concern. I mean, listen, I want to see Nico play as much as you guys do. Um, I'm excited about that. I've been lobbying all year long, like, hey, Nico needs to be getting more reps. Not saying he should be the starting quarterback, but he needs more reps. You know, blowout games. Why didn't he play and all this type of stuff? Even when he does play, why did he only play two series? Why didn't he come in a quarter before? You know, I want to see Nico play, but, I mean, Iowa's defense is good. And so, like, I mean, you know, hey, you're going to be the starting quarterback in 2024. So, hey, good test for you. I mean, I'd be excited to see it. 
Uh, but I do think that uh, as of right now, it sounds like Joe Milton wants to play. So um, I would say just because of the unknowns, I would say it probably hinders it a little bit um, because we, we simply just don't know. We haven't seen Nico play enough, but sky's the limit for him. So either way, sign me up. I want to see that for sure. Uh, but it does at this point in time feel like that Joe Milton wants to play, and we'll see if that changes at the, as the days go on. Uh, we'll continue to move on here. We'll go to Kurt. I know we still have football, but not so long ago, the Lady Vols basketball team was the second program thought of when you thought about UT. At what point do we call the program an embarrassment? Uh, do we officially need an outside coach instead of legacy projects like Holly and Kelly? First and foremost, I I'm not going to act like I'm a Lady Vols insider because I'm not. Um, I, I don't watch all the games. I, I do not cover that program, so I'm not trying to um, speak in terms of an insider right here. Um, it, it's tough to watch right now. I mean, it really is. I mean, lost the other night again. Um, I understand injuries are an issue right now and they have been, but that's sports. It's tough. Um, you know, where it was in, in the game of women's basketball has gotten so much better, so much better over the years. And we know that, right. But I mean, there's no reason why, you know, Lady Vols need to be mediocre to, you know, not so good, if you will. Um, I do think that, you know, just like with, just like replacing any type of legend. And again, I'm a Carson Newman fan, right? I, I played at Carson Newman. Ken Sparks was a legend in, in that, in that, um, that level, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and since then we've, we've replaced Ken Sparks with, with people in the family and there's positives and negatives to that, but you're seeing that as well with the lady balls basketball program. If there's going to be a change and I don't know if there is or whatever, I feel like you got to go outside the family and that's just my opinion. So it's tough to watch right now. It's not fun, and Lady Ball basketball should be much better than what it is right now. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's a long season. We'll see if they can turn things around. Of course, went to the Sweet 16 last year. Uh, but Tennessee basketball, Lady Balls-wise, needs to be back in the Elite Eight and Final Four. Let's go to Matt. <clears throat> Vol Twitter thinks all highly touted transfer portal guys are coming. They're not. Tough questions so early, but a fun one. What portal guys do you think are legit candidates? Yeah, I kind of went over there a moment ago. Um, as of right now, I think Justin Jolie, the tight end, is the only one I know that is visiting for sure. You know, when they get visits, and they don't have to visit to, to commit. I don't believe McCallum Castle's ever visited Tennessee, but you know, when they come on campus, that's when you know it's it's kind of legit. So it's super early. You know, we'll see what happens. But right now, to answer your question, Madden, good to hear from you, brother. Haven't talked to you in a while. Hope all is well with the family. Um, I would say Justin Jolie would be a, a, a guy I point to. Uh, let's go to Todd. <clears throat> Who else can we expect to enter the transfer portal from Tennessee? Yeah, again, I think some backups. I think some guys buried on the depth chart, some young guys that want to see some opportunity to play, and some of those COVID seniors that might be encouraged to to leave. <laughs> you know, like Warren Burrell is an example of that. Um, they just want to go and play another year and finish their collegiate collegiate you know playing time. So uh, we'll see again. I don't think at this time anybody's going to be like a, a slap in the face. Um, that, again, can always change. Um, Tyler Barron's a guy we thought were, was going to be NFL bound. Uh, could he end up exercising this COVID year, but maybe playing it somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's just it's um, a, lot of, a lot of moving parts. Uh, let's go over to Roba22. Eric, there are a lot of stories, rumors out there about Phoenix McConkey. That's Lad. Uh, Michael Penix, Lad McConkey, Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, Amari Rogers, and many others who supposedly all wanted to come to Tennessee, but either Butch or Jeremy didn't want them. 
as well as the story of Caden Salter, who was at UT but let go because he didn't fit the offense. Can you please clean up some of those rumors, please? Too many fans think that uh, every great player wants to be a Vol. Yeah, no, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really early, but wanted to get this in there before I forgot. All right, yeah, great question. Um, it, it's important to point out that I was not covering recruiting when when Phoenix was a commit here. I was not covering recruiting when Trevor Lawrence was was coming through. Really, when Lad McConkey was coming through, I wasn't covering recruiting at the time. Um, the big thing with T. Higgins and Amari Rogers, they were right here. I mean, they were right here in I mean Oak Ridge and uh, and Knox Catholic. There's no excuse for that. There's absolutely no excuse for that. And sure, you know maybe they wanted to be elsewhere, and I get all that. But there's no excuse for that. Um, Michael Penix was a commit here for Butch Jones. The coaching change happened. Jeremy Pruitt didn't honor his commitment. Yikes. Uh, and then, you know, I don't, I don't know much about McConkie, and, and I know Trevor Lawrence grew up being a Tennessee fan, uh, and ultimately he made his way to Clemson. Um, again, a lot of this I wasn't around, but I, I, I do know that just pointing out Higgins and Rodgers, in my opinion, there's no excuse for that because they were right here. And Phoenix was committed, but then there was a coaching change, and, and Jeremy Pruitt did not want to uh, honor that commitment. Uh Appreciate that as always, my man. Let's move on. Got a couple more here, then we'll call it quits on the show for today at least. Um, let's go to Sawyer. What was your biggest disappointment and biggest surprise for you this football season? Man, um, biggest disappointment. I think I might have answered this last week, but uh, biggest disappointment for me was how you lost games. Just being a no-show in Missouri. A no-show in the second half against Alabama. A no-show in the second quarter at Florida. And, and really not being competitive at all in the Georgia game. You were going to lose that game 10 times out of 10, but you just weren't competitive at all. I thought Tennessee would have a little bit more punch, if you will. Um, that was that was disappointing. Um, I think the uh, most surprised thing would be Really how Tennessee just dominated the run game. I knew Tennessee would be good in the in the run game, but Tennessee was like a top 10 team, rushing team in the country. Also, you lack consistency throughout the year, but Tennessee got out for the quarterback. Tennessee had more sacks this year than it has since the year 2000. Isn't that, isn't that a song? Um, yeah, that's, I think Jonas Brothers, yikes. Anyway, uh, getting after the quarterback was a pleasant surprise. Thought it would be much better. Didn't think it'd be this good. Wish it would be more consistency. And then just the lack of punch in some of those big games. Losing games is one thing. The way you lost those games, pretty disappointing in my opinion. Got two more here. Hunter says, uh, just want to ask what your opinion on UT going out here and getting one of these big quarterbacks that have entered the portal. I'm sure we know Nico's our starter, but could bring in some for competition. Just wanted uh, to get some of that amazing knowledge of yours. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, buddy, but I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I get the competition aspect. Listen, I've I mean, I don't feel like I'm that old, but when I played, it was all about competition. Yes, Uncle Rico, I hear you. But it was all about competition. You go in, you bring somebody in there, you make it better. Whoever you know, whoever wins is going to play. And I'm not saying it's not about competition anymore, but I mean, we're, we just live in a different era, guys. Nico's going to be the starter no matter what. And, and you all know that. I know that's what you're saying, Hunter. I'd be fine with going out and bringing Dylan Gabriel in here, but guys, Dylan Gabriel ain't going to come here and sit the bench. Nico's starting. Dylan Gabriel, I mean, has no interest in Tennessee. I'm just using him as an example. Why on earth would he want to come here and 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 compete for a chance to play? You know, Nico's playing, but Dylan Gabriel wants to go somewhere and be handed the keys right away, right now. Now, Brock Vandergriff into the transfer portal. Why would he want to come here? Um, Will Rogers, you know, some of these other quarterbacks. I mean, again, 
why on earth would you want to come here when it when 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 Nico's going to be the guy? So I hear what you're saying for competition and all that, but I mean, unless injury, there's no world where Nico's not the starting quarterback in 2024. Okay. No, I guess I don't have one more. I guess I thought I had one more that was buzzing. But nonetheless, you guys can always send me in questions throughout the week. I'll do my best to, to answer via the DMs or Twitter. But thank you so much for sending in your questions uh, via the, uh, the, the, uh, the X and uh, on YouTube and all that good stuff. Uh, Everydayers, Tuesday's your show. And I uh, couldn't do it without you. We'll come back with a little Ward Wednesday for Wednesday's show. The latest in the transfer portal. Anytime, any any big-time breaking news for Tennessee, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it all right here on Lockdown Balls. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody.